Start your business for the freedom of time. Now you're tired of the hustle and grind. There's gotta be a better way. It's time to listen to Chill and Prosper. Welcome to Chill and Prosper. You're ready to chill and prosper with Denise Duffield Thomas. Hey there, it's Denise here. Welcome to um, Chill and Prosper. Thank you for listening and make sure that you um, rate and subscribe and all of those things because it really does help other people find the podcast. Um, I do not read reviews, so do not worry about putting an honest review. Totally fine. I don't read it, but it really does help. Um, and it's uh, I'm really appreciative when people take the time to do that. So in whatever format you listen to Chill and Prosper, I'd, I'd appreciate that. Thank you. Now, let's talk about today's um, topic, which is about how to come up with ideas and how to come up with ideas, whether it's for your business, for your marketing, for podcasts, for content, for social media content, all of those things, because I, um, I've got lots of tips for you, but also I want to really energize and inspire you to do this. Okay, so as we're talking, I want you to um, keep like either a notepad handy or your phone with a notes app open so you can jot ideas down. And that's really one of my biggest tips is that there are so many ideas and you probably have so many ideas, but often we don't have a way to capture them and to be able to um, actually do anything about them. So I actually have a Google Doc open on my computer all the time for podcast ideas because I come to the studio a couple of times a year. Um, you know, I don't prep a ton for these. I usually have a headline and a couple of bullet points. But as I think of ideas, I'll, I'll put them in there. And then, you know, I might go, oh, yeah, there's some things I can, you know, bullet points. And then I just leave it. And I've parked it. But then it exists. And then next time I'm in the studio, I don't have to just go, oh, what am I going to talk about? I just pull up that Google Doc and it's right there. Um, similarly, you you know, if you've got a launch coming up or whatever, I did this when we had our Sacred Money Archetypes launch. Every time I thought of a cool marketing idea, I put it into a spreadsheet. And it was a very simple spreadsheet with just like, what's the idea? Um, and then like, what format is it? So it was a, an idea for a video or a marketing or a TikTok or a reel or content or whatever. And then another column was just like actioned or not actioned. That was it. And so just sometimes just having somewhere to capture ideas is so important. Um, also, similarly, when people email us and say, hey, can Denise do an episode about this, this and this? My team also put it in the podcast doc. So then um, if I'm doing podcasts, sometimes I'll do the ask me anything ones and I'll just be like, great, here are some questions that have come in. Makes it so easy, super easy to do content. Um, but just having that place to capture them is super, 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 super key, okay? But then how do you just come up with ideas in general about, um, you know, what to share with your audience? So there's a couple of things here. One is if you are super bored and you cannot come up with anything, this could be an opportunity for you to go, hang on, am I in the right business? And this might sound a harsh thing to say right off the top, but I remember I've had a couple of businesses before this one where I just kind of, the six-month mark, I'm kind of like, I think I've said all I can say about this. I think I'm done. And it was a really good wake-up call for me just to pivot and to – sometimes it's not going completely in a different direction, but sometimes it could be just a slight pivot. And then you go, oh, yeah, I'm done with that. But I want to share 
how, you know, I've been teaching money mindset, money blocks for 12 years now, more, 13 years, and I'm still coming up with ideas, still coming up with ideas. And I'll tell you how I do that. Okay, so one is really easy. Every now and again, we do a survey of my audience and we say, hey, what are you struggling with? Like really simple. What are you struggling with? Um, Another question is, what would you like me to cover? What would you like me to talk about? And a couple of things come out from that. One is sometimes you go, oh, wow, people want this other stuff for me that I do not want to deliver. So you don't have to take action on any of those things, right? And actually, sometimes it's good to narrow your focus down a little bit. And a really good distinction for me is that I like to teach mindset, not how to. So people will be like, oh, how do I do blah, blah, blah. And I go, well, I can tell you the mindset behind that. You know, like I can't tell you the mechanics of creating an ebook for a passive income, but I can help you with the mindset around passive income. So that was a really good distinction for me that really helped where I could kind of dismiss some of the advice and go, yeah, cool. I know they want that from me, but I don't want to deliver it. So that's fine. Right. But also what comes out of that survey is that I go, I've already created that. And so obviously they either don't know that I've created it or I've not done a good enough job of marketing that I've created that, you know, and so then people, I'll send people and go, hey, look, I've got a blog post on that. I've got a free opt-in for that. Or it just reminds me to um, make it more visible on my website, make it more obvious or to repurpose old stuff. Okay, so I'll come up to that in a sec about repurposing, but surveys can be a really great way just to come up with new ideas on maybe an established topic, things that you didn't even think of, things that you thought were really obvious, like, oh, everyone knows how to do this. No, they don't. And you can be the one who can teach them. You can create content around it or you can create a product around it. Um, And I, I find this really fascinating sometimes too where people just go, oh, but people can get that for free. And you go, yeah, but they want you to curate it for them. They want you to create something for them to save them time and energy. And sometimes you don't know until you ask people. I also do um, surveys after launches to say to people, you know, why didn't you buy or what would have made you buy? Because sometimes, again, the same thing will come up and I'll go, oh, but I did offer that. That is in the course. And I just didn't do a good enough job of showcasing that. Um, I could do a blog post about that. I could... Um, you know, re-emphasize that in my marketing, I could make sure that that's much clearer on the sales page. And, you know, if it's really soon after, you could always contact those people and say, hey, just to let you know, um, that is in the course. You know, there's still time for you to join or that is a feature of the product. You can still join um, or, you know, or you can say to them, hey, that's great. Um, I don't offer that, but here's a resource that does. And then you could get affiliate partnerships out of that too, right? You can go, oh, all these people really want to know how to do this thing, or they really want a complimentary, you know, product that I don't offer. Ah, I can get an affiliate commission from that. And so it just gives you ideas of monetization. It gives you ideas about content. It gives you ideas about objection handling later on. Okay. So surveys can be great, whether they're to your whole audience or to buyers, um, ex-clients, all of those things, right? But let's talk about repurposing because often I find, especially with my money blocks work, I feel like sometimes I'm like, I've kind of said everything I can say about this, right? 
But then I still get people who are like, oh, what is a money block? And so a couple of years ago, I was like, oh, I wonder where I'm um, like ranked on Google for like just money blocks, right? And so, you know, I just Googled money blocks and I was like, oh my God, I'm not even on the front page. I was on like page three, but which is fine. But what was interesting is on the first two pages, I was like, oh, these are all people who have gone through my money bootcamp. Like I recognized every name. I was like, oh, I know that person. Oh, I know that person. And that's not even their expertise or, you know, they're not even like, you know, doing that anymore. But it was because they'd written about it more recently than I had. And so sometimes we think, oh, well, I've covered that. Yeah, but it's old now. Maybe the branding looks a little bit old. Maybe the video looks a little bit old. Maybe you look different now. And so I often re-record things like every two, three years, they're almost the exact same thing. And what is really cool though, is that when you look at the transcript, sometimes you go, oh, I just need to change that word to make it feel a bit more current. Or actually, you know, I need to change that to feel more inclusive. Um, And language does shift and change sometimes. And so often when I do re-record, 80% of it is exactly the same. It's exactly the same. But I've changed. And so therefore the whole energy of it's changed. And like one little word might change. And that's enough to either re-engage people or to find a whole new audience for it. So don't be afraid to go to your own archives, especially if you've been around for a little while. And just go and have a look at that. Sometimes when I'm in the podcast studio and I'm like, oh, okay, I've got a bit more time. What am I going to talk about? I'll go to the Wayback Machine. So this is um, uh, a website where you can look up old websites. So my websites don't exist anymore. You know, like my Denise Duffield Thomas typepad.com doesn't exist. But the Wayback Machine can find some of that old content. And um, so I'll go back to like, 10 years ago, because I was so prolific. I was writing so many articles. I was creating so many videos. And then, you know, I had kids and I was just like, not as prolific anymore. So I'll go back and go, wow, that was great stuff. But it might be that, you know, one point was missing. Or since then, I've found a new nuance to it. You know, like people have gone, well, what about this scenario? And I go, oh, yeah, you're right. So then I can update it. um, And I'll just go back and go, yeah, wow, that's really good. (laughs) And I'll just re-record it. So then it's new, it's fresh, it's current, it looks, you know, like it's up to date. And there's just something there about um, people just love things that look fresh and new. And if you're not doing that, well, then that's when they'll find the competitors. You know, and I was getting going, oh, why are people like reading their article about money blocks? Because they had a freshness to it. It was new. And it felt, you know, it, it felt sexier than reading something that was 10 years old. Does that make sense? Um, And obviously you can talk to an SEO expert. SEO is search engine optimization, by the way. Um, You can talk to an expert around that. And um, I often have people do reports for me to say, where am I ranking all, all of these things? But where are some of the opportunities that I might be missing around this? And a good example of this for me, it's like, are people searching for money blocks or money mindset? And sometimes it it shifts and and changes Um, or, you know, it could be that language kind of has changed a little bit in your industry and people don't talk about that anymore. They mention this other word now or or something, you know, like um, and so looking at those opportunities and going, oh, wow, that I never even thought about that before. 
It also then helps you to see what you don't want to be known for. And an example of this is that I used to have this article um, and it was, can you win the lottery using the law of attraction? And I got so much traffic on this article all the time. But I would often get a real spike in traffic when there was a big lottery sweepstake happening, you know, like a billion dollars or 50 million or whatever. And so I'd get all these people come, but, 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 but they were not my ideal clients for the large part. They weren't because they were people who didn't want to be an entrepreneur. And that's, that is my target market. Mostly people who are entrepreneurial. Um, they just wanted to win the lottery. Like that's the only thing that they wanted to use the law of attraction for, right? They just wanted an instant gratification thing. And, um, and they would send me lots of emails and like, you know, because the article was actually like, hey, look, intention is really important, but winning the lottery might not be the thing that gets you the thing. And my example for that was if you have a dream house that you want to manifest, like go talk to a mortgage broker, do work on your business. So then you're, the desire isn't the money, the desire is the house. And so sometimes the universe can be can bring it to you in lots of different ways, not a lottery win. And so it's like people don't want the lottery win. They want what they think the lottery win would give them, you know, freedom, abundance, all of this kind of stuff. And so people would then email me really angry that the premise of the article would be like, you don't need to win it. And they're like, but I really want to and I I, I can. And I'd be like, yeah, fine. Um, And so I took that article off my website because, yeah, it was a good idea. Yeah, it brought me traffic, but it wasn't the idea that was good for me. Okay, so not all ideas have to be actioned. Not all ideas can be useful. Okay, all right, I've got some um, more ideas for you after this quick break. See you in a sec. Hello, my name is Crystal Cuskelly and I live in Washington State, USA. I'm a massage therapist running my own practice called Crystal Connection Body Mind Coaching and Body Work. I am only halfway through Denise's book, Chillpreneur, and have adored every page of it. I feel more and more fired up with every chapter. And you know what? Without even finishing the book, it has inspired me to start my own podcast. Yes, Denise helped me realize that I need to stop waiting until I feel ready to do something and just do it. I can't believe how inspired I got from only the first half of the book. And I cannot wait to see what shifts for me as I finish the rest. Thank you, Denise. Welcome back. We're talking about how to come up with ideas. So we've talked about doing surveys of your audience, um, going to your own archives, um, you know, looking at seeing what people are emailing you, doing some SEO kind of research and seeing what people are searching for in your industry. Um, there's so many different things that you can do, right? And also I just said about the lottery thing, sometimes not all ideas need to be yours. Not all ideas need to be actioned, okay? Here's another thing that I've been doing recently too is instead of just going, hey, money blocks, money mindset in general, how can I create specific content for different niches and different um, scenarios, right? Because I found that after a while, people would say, yeah, that's great, but that doesn't work for me. That doesn't work for my industry. Oh, it's different in my industry. And so I started to go, okay, I've gotten heaps of deep kind of work around this where I've written about money blocks in lots of different ways. But also, how can I go wide, on this. And this is where I'm starting to look at for the next year, especially, is money mindset for dance teachers, money mindset for writers, money mindset for natural health practitioners, and creating resources 
around different industries. Now, this serves a couple of different purposes. One, it really helps me to find lots of different people. Um, Two, it is really great when your industry starts being saturated a little bit. Whereas, you know, when I started 10 years ago, money mindset, money blocks, oh, it's so new. But it starts to become like, oh, everyone does that now. Everyone knows that. You know, even if you've contributed to the the common knowledge, which I know I have contributed, you know, a little bit to that, um, people then go, oh, I've heard it all before. Um, so it helps you then find those niches that maybe aren't as jaded about that, you know, because it could still be really new to dance teachers to hear that. They're not as embedded necessarily in the personal development world as a business coach might be, right? So it's helping you find um, different industries. Um, But also it helps you come up with new and fresh ideas. So if you're someone who gets a little bit bored sometimes or you're a bit bored with your business, being able to find different niches will keep you excited and interested in it. You know, and I, I know sometimes if I'm being interviewed on a podcast and it's just like this, I've heard the same questions again and again, and I still love talking about it for sure, for sure, for sure. But what's been really fun is that when I can speak to someone who um, has like a wedding professional podcast and we start to talk about, hey, what are some of the money blocks that wedding professionals might have? <gasps> oh, yeah. You know, I, I went and spoke at a dance conference. What are some of the money blocks that dance teachers might have? Oh, that's interesting to explore. I spoke at an online conference for people who are mostly men who owned construction companies. What are some of the money blocks that construction like CEOs might have? It's so fun to think about that. And what I noticed is that even though 80% of it is very similar, the 20% nuances are so different. And so interesting. And so um, like then it makes people feel like you really hear their particular problems. I also started doing roundtables um, not only about different industries but different countries. You know, I had a roundtable um, for Australians and I was like, what do we think of some of the money blocks from from living in Australia. And it can be very broad, right? But we started to look at like, um, and we did one for Britain, like we've done one for America, to kind of go, what are the, the values of our country that is, you know, on the official flag or the website or whatever? What are the values of our of our country? And then you start to look at where do I feel like I'm in step with that? Where do I feel like I'm out of step with that? Where do I feel like this is helping me or hindering me? And then you can start to break it down into different regions, right? And so I live in a um, like a kind of a blue collar ex steel town, you know, and there's definitely this mentality where I live. Like if you have like a super, super fancy car, like you're, it's, a, it's a bit of a, like a wanker thing, you know, and there's some people who have nice, big, expensive cars, but there's actually a lot of really wealthy people here who like they're just driving a normal beat up car and they're just wearing flip-flops and, you know, billabong shorts. And you would never tell from just looking at them that they're really wealthy because the mentality in our town is, is very much, you know, like down to earth and working class, right? Even if you're wealthy. And so that's when you start to find all of those really interesting little nuances. So if you're tired of your idea, how can you broaden that and look for the nuances within the nuances. 
And it could be by industry. It could be looking at your ideal client and at their life cycle and see, you know, what are the different things that they would have um, at, at different points of their journey or their different points of their business? And how can I speak to those different parts? Or what about the people who are underserved in particular, particular niches? Okay, so say, for example, you're a parenting coach and you like to talk about, you know, um, stress-free mornings and things like that. And it's, you're like, oh, my God, I've run out of ways to talk about stress-free mornings and things like that. So what about underserved niches within that? What about parents with disabilities? How can they have stress-free mornings? What about parents with ADHD, with ADHD children? <laughs> Please, can someone send me some resources on that, how to have stress-free mornings? Um, what about you know same-sex parents? Are they represented in your industry? What about um, you know like children of divorce, single parents, single dads, single mums, um, you know single queer parents, and how do they how do they have community and how do they get support? Seeing examples for them, and so that's where you can take one idea, like the most average normal idea in the world. And find all of these different ideas around it. And you'll never run out of things to say if you really look at it from that point of view and find out like who's, whose voices are underserved here. Can I create a resource for them? And it could even just be a blog post about it. It could be a podcast or you can create a whole funnel or a whole different part of your business around it. So say, for example, you're someone who creates a lot of low cost things. You could create ebooks for each of those scenarios. Um, and it, a good example of this, I've spoken about this many times, is when I um, had my second kid and like breastfeeding was an easy thing for me, the first kid. Second kid, didn't sleep, wouldn't eat, like everything was a nightmare. And I remember Googling at like three o'clock in the morning going, you know, how do I get my baby to sleep? And I found this website and it was like, great, we've got all these different resources for you. Um, what's your scenario? And it was like, is your baby breastfed or bottle fed? Oh, breastfed. I went there. Is your baby zero to three months, three to six, six to nine, nine to 12, you know, one year and above? And I was like, well, you know, it was the six to nine, I think it was. And so it was like an ebook that was like 20 bucks and it was maybe 20 pages and it was specific advice just for me and my scenario. Now, imagine if the same scenario was, um, yeah, buy this 228 page ebook or this course that I had to go through all the different videos for. And I had to find the chapter. Mind you, I'm on my phone, remember, because it's three o'clock in the morning. And um, I have to search through all the advice that doesn't fit for me or generic advice where I'm like, oh, but what about this? What about this? I, I found something that was exactly for me. Okay. And so that's what differentiates you. That's what gives you all those different ideas. So you could be someone who creates lots of those little things, right? Where it's like, this is your scenario, here's your thing. This is your scenario, here's your thing. Or you can do like what I do is I'm creating all these um, resources for people in different industries, different scenarios, uh, but the solution for them is to join my money bootcamp. So everyone, you know, like you go to a water slide park, there's 10 different slides, but everyone comes into the same pool. And that works for my business and it works for my what I teach because then it is like, yeah, cool, this is the work you need to do. And it is, you know, pretty similar for everybody. But they still then have those nuances 
um, from the resources that I've created. Okay, so you could do either way. It doesn't it doesn't really matter. Um, and so when it comes to niching, you know, like you can niche in so many different ways. You can niche by problem, by scenario, by client. You know, you can be kind of narrow or broad, but there's something there about speaking to someone's problem. And so that's how I come up with ideas, right? Is I go, what is that person's particular problem? And I come at it from a real place of curiosity too, you know? And so I I can't wait, especially um, next year in 24, when I hopefully have a little bit more time and bandwidth, I'm really going to explore a, a lot of those different scenarios because I want to keep on talking about money blocks and money mindset for the next decade. And if I run out of ideas, I'll get bored with it, right? And so... Trust me, you'll never run out of ideas if you if you think about, you know, your business from all of those different angles. And you don't, as I said, you don't have to create everything. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to action everything. But at least you could acknowledge it. You know, you could acknowledge it and acknowledge those different scenarios. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I have one more tip for you. It's my fail-safe way of coming up with ideas if all else fails. And I'll share that in my final thought after this last break. Hey there, everyone. My name is Kylie Ross, and I'm a creative entrepreneur based in Brisbane, teaching you how to use and be tech confident in your business with all the tech tools necessary. I joined Money Bootcamp in 2019 because I was just stuck on making a living from my business and had been stuck for a few years. I discovered how many money blocks I was dealing with, and it took a while for me to work through them after realizing there are no shortcuts on the process. So I put in the work and then started to see results. The Money Bootcamp community have always been there with supportive advice and experience and I'm now charging my worth to clients, no longer apologetic for it and now I know I'm worthy of upgrades. I always recommend Denise and Money Bootcamp and love the fact my 10-year-old son follows my example of tapping, manifestation and positive affirmations as he too is experiencing the benefits. He is now set up for a good money story during his life. I thank Denise and all the Lucky Bees daily. I'm so grateful I found this group. Okay, so when when all else fails, I have a long shower <laughs> when I can't need to come up with ideas. And I love that um, Elizabeth Goddard, she talks about this. She calls them the shower gods. And so she'll go and, and pray at the altar of the shower gods and have a shower. And um, I love when she talks about that, Elizabeth Goddard. It's really funny. But it, it really does work. And I remember asking very early on in my career, I was like, universe, send me a million-dollar book idea. And I was having a shower and I really just felt like I was like, lucky bitch. And I went, oh, my God, okay, lucky bitch. And so there is something magical there um, about being out of your everyday scenario. And it's not just the shower. It could be going for a walk. It could be um, I, I going to the movies always gives me ideas. Going for a walk on the beach, going for a swim, um, hanging out with your pet. Um, for me, travel, going to a conference, being on a plane, I think. There's something about um, being in the air where nobody can contact you. I never connect to Wi-Fi. I just pretend it doesn't exist on flights. But there's just something there where, you know, you might have had ideas that have just been waiting for a time where you were a bit distracted. And, you know, that's when those really great ideas come in. Um, So hopefully that has helped you. And of course, there's so many different other ways um, that you can come up with ideas. I love, you know, reading books by creative people. I love reading autobiographies, things that have got nothing to do with my topic. I'll always find something, 
you know. So I want to hear your ideas as well. You know, send me a DM or um, post about this episode and share some of your ideas your ideas about how you come up with ideas. Um, but there's there's always more ideas. There's an abundance of information. You'll never run out of it. And as I said, sometimes if you do, that might be um, a sign to shift and, and change topics. So hopefully that's helped. And um, I hope it sparked some great ideas for you. I can't wait to hear about it. I'm at Denise DT on all the places. And I will see you on next week's episode of Chill and Prosper. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening to Chill and Prosper. Tell your friends to chill and prosper. Review and subscribe. We hope you had a very good time.